Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Uh, Jay, we've been uh, really connecting on this idea of joint success planning. I know you think a lot about it, and it's it's a, it's a topic that I feel like is becoming more and more common, uh, but uh, I feel like there's this other side where it, it's new to a lot of people. So I'd love to just talk a little bit about uh, the whole concept and we ask some questions uh, along the way. But uh, if you could, just start by defining uh, success planning and joint success planning as you see it. Yeah. Well, it's good to chat with you, Dave. This is, I'm uh, looking forward to this. And, um, you know, for me, joint success planning is, is probably, it, it's not much different than what we used to think about as like quote unquote account planning. Right. And mm-hmm. it's really just bringing that discipline of having a plan and a roadmap for where we're taking an account to customer success. And I think it's always been part of it, but uh, maybe a little bit more formality around like how we, how we think strategically in alignment together with, our customers so that we can, you know, accomplish whatever they had in mind when they first bought our product. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Where do you think it starts in the, in the life cycle? Let me break that down for us. Um, Have some strong opinions that it starts early, but we'll welcome your take on it. Yeah, no, I, I would would have a strong opinion. I mean, in in my mind, um, and where I've seen it work best is when it actually originates in the sales cycle, because we're having a real mm-hmm. business conversation at that point, right? I mean, we're, right. we're yeah. trying to understand what you have. You have an executive sponsor at the table at that point, highly engaged because they're about to spend money. And they want to know that what they are going to spend money on is going to provide value. So you get a real opportunity right up front, you know, when you have a, a buyer engaged, the person that owns mm-hmm. the budget, to, um, to help make sure that you understand what those goals and outcomes are. I, I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that it, evolves and, and it, it lasts right. throughout the lifetime of the organiz- of the relationship, but certainly it, it's got to begin early. Don't you think? I, I do. And I, I was wanting to ask you this specific question. Do you think it's helping sales teams uh, convert more new business when they really take that strategic approach in the sales process? They're starting to outline a plan and say, well, this is how we're going to approach the relationship. We're really just starting to, to, to uh, organize here uh, but we're going to cast off with with a uh, a really firm strategic mindset that allows us to uh, deliver over time. Yeah, um, yeah. About I, that? I mean, I, I think there's nothing more frustrating for a customer than to convey all this information about strategy and plans and what they're trying to accomplish during the sales mm-hmm. process, and then they get engaged with the team that comes after the sales team who has no exposure to that discussion. Right. And that's where you get comments. Like, it feels like I'm dealing with multiple companies. Like, why haven't you, did you even talk to your salespeople or did they just throw this over the wall to you? You get stuff like that. Right. And it happens in large and small companies. I think it could be success planning. We don't have to call it that. Right. Because customers don't really know what that means. Right. But to put a very simple document in front of a customer and say, okay, here's what I heard. Like, here's what we're going to do. And, you know, here's like at a high level, given what we know today, what the roadmap for that is going to look like and how we'll measure success. It's a really powerful conversation um, and, and it helps to yeah. bridge that divide. Absolutely. As you think about the evolution of the relationship, how do you think success planning 
um, evolves downstream. And I'm thinking a lot about uh, this idea of growth planning where, you know, you, you've organized around initial set of, of goals and outcomes. Um, best case scenario, you've achieved them at some point um, in year one, uh, but you really want to uh, grow from that. Uh, and it feels like the, the, the planning exercise can really be a mechanism for positioning that next phase. How do you think about that, that side of the house? Yeah, um, well, it probably first makes sense to back up a little bit and say that okay. like, this process that we're talking about right now is a pretty hands-on, high-touch process. So people that sure, are listening sure. to this might want to think about this as like you're you know, at least mid-market, if not enterprise, and, and about like key or strategic account engagement process. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think the, the goals are going to change over time, right? The opportunities mm-hmm. available on both sides are going to change over time. Uh, you know, the goal early on in a relationship is to make a, 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 as seamless of a transition as possible to, to the new platform, right? If I'm, if I'm like, say I sell HR technology, which I used to be in that business, um, yeah. you know, goal number one is like, how do I get over to your platform? Because I see the benefits that are available to me there, but do it in a seamless mm-hmm. way. And bring my team along in a way that doesn't create chaos, right? So it's really about change management and just seamless transition. But then from there, it goes from, okay, just, just like a basic set of requirements, like don't screw this up to, okay, now how do we start getting value out of this? And that's where you get into, I think about the customer journey as the maturity model that the customer is pursuing, Mm -hmm. right? How do we take them from, you know, a loose process that they, you know, might marginally know how to do today to being, maybe optimized in those processes, right? Um, our yeah, platform yeah, helps totally. do that, but we help get them there as well. Yeah, I, I agree. You, you mentioned a couple of things that I like to, to press on. Change management, it's, we know it's, it's really the exercise when you go into a new relationship or trying to insert new ideas, new strategies, uh, but uh, we, do, we do have to change habits and, and behaviors. Uh, success planning can be a really good catalyst for that. We've got you know, project management within that, but um, without that strategic vision and coming back to that over time, then we can kind of lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. Right. Uh, do, do you agree with that as a, as a catalyst oh, yeah. for, for change management? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, the, the whole idea here behind all of this is really change management. I, I sometimes I think about customer success being change management at scale because we have to guide customers yeah. through a shift in their mindset. We have to do that with all of our customers at once. And they're all in different, you know, varying stages right, of right. adopting that new mindset. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was, uh, I was trying to think about the flip side of this as well. You know, what happens when a success plan or success planning exercise is not part of the equation? What, what happens to those relationships? Uh, do you have any, any thoughts on, on that perspective? Well, it's, it becomes brute force at that point. Right. And there's mm-hmm. no real North star there. And by the way, just because a success plan, like the way we're talking about it right now is suited for enterprise there's yeah. probably a way like the, the, the holy grail to me of the whole customer success thing is how do we begin to scale that down into the mid-market and even SMB customers? Success plans might mm-hmm. just be, um, they might be more prescriptive at that level, right? Like you signed up with us to get one of three benefits, choose which one that was, right? Maybe it's a survey. And then we're right. sort of saying, okay, well, based on where you are today, like here's the steps that you take to get there. And then we're measuring mm-hmm. product engagement and how they're progressing along that path. So just keep interjecting that, I guess. But um, uh, and then I'm, now I've now I've forgotten the question that you asked. <laughs> yeah, you know, what happens if we um, if we don't if have, we don't have uh, one success planning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think then it becomes brute force and um, and ad hoc, right? You don't have anything to center the conversation on. So very practically, what happens is 
bugs and features become the focal point of the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to mm -hmm. like, okay, here's the outcome you said you wanted. Um, how does that bug or that feature request that you're making, how does that fit into that? Like you can't have that conversation, right? Um, right, right. And then I think it also is hard, it, it's harder to have the conversation about value at renewal time or any other time when you don't have a North Star, you don't know what the customer is trying to get out of the relationship and how you're going to measure that. So I think there's a lot of problems yeah. with leaving it loosey goosey like that. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, one final question for you and we'll, uh, we'll call it good for now. Um, you know, we're all in some new dynamics as, as things have evolved over the last few weeks and uh, the, a lot of unknowns with, with the future. Um, what's some advice that you would offer uh, those, those in customer success and customer management as a whole uh, even sales teams who are, are thinking about ways to, to get closer, stay closer to customers. Any, any parting words of, of wisdom? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think right now is a very good time to build relationships. If you're a customer success, like everybody has something to talk to their customers about because you're all going through a shared mm -hmm. thing right now. Like you, yeah. you and I, right. We talked about it right before we started recording. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity. The, the advice that, that we're you know, hearing from you know, all the clients that we work with and the work that we're doing with them and sort of the, even the, the companies that we talk with that we're not working with, they're all trying to communicate to all of their customers, right? They're trying to, not, not a big blanket email that's telling them about their COVID-19 response, but like a real yeah. personal connection with as many customers as they can do it with. And we've seen companies that have thousands of customers who are literally trying to connect with every single one. And they're putting a program in place to be able to just have that um, you know, connection with them. They're gonna learn from that and they're gonna be able yeah, to iterate yeah. their messaging from that. So that's number one. Um, and then you know, number two is just really look by industry and try to figure out who, you know, who's, who you think has the opportunity to you know, really come through this. Um, engage with different segments of, your segmentation is different right now, right? We call it mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. thriving, surviving, thriving, striving, and surviving, right? So if you can just break people up into those three buckets, either you're doing really, really well and you need extra support, you're uh, yeah. striving, like you're just sort of in a holding pattern, maybe you're realigning some processes while you're waiting for things to clear up, and then surviving, like you've lost a majority of your revenue, you're not sure what the next month looks like, much less what the next renewal period, 12 months looks like. So if yeah. you can really tailor your engagement with those customers, just understand, like, you're not probably going to get a response from retailers right now, right? It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. If you serve restaurants, yeah. probably not going to hear from them either. Um, yeah. So, you know, break, people, break, break the groups up, categorize them, and then have a plan for, you know, if, you, if customers are looking for help in terms of their contracts, mm -hmm. um, have a structured plan for that. Don't just make it up on the fly for every single customer that asks. Work with your finance team understand what the contractual options that you're prepared as a company and you can afford as a company to put forward are and, um, and, and do that. That might be, you know, kick out the renewal, you know, by three months or kick out a payment by three months. We're, we're all battling uncertainty right now. We're not battling our yeah. clients. We're, we're all up against uncertainty and that's the, that's the core problem we have. So um, anyway, ho hopefully some of that's helpful and I, I didn't make it all up. There's just a really smart community of people around this who talk a lot. So. Yeah, I think it's, it's important to share. So thanks for sharing your perspective here. We should, we should do, this, do this again sometime. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.